Well, hey there, podcast listeners. And uh, today we we are actually talking about poverty. One of the most popular posts on PursueGod.org is uh, the one titled Causes of Poverty in America. I don't know if you've ever covered it with your small group or with your mentor or your family, but it, it really is a compelling topic. And today uh, we're joined on the podcast by two great people. We've got Dave Green, who is the founder of Feeding Children Everywhere. You can check that out online. And then Melanie Kreps, and she's the outreach director at Alpine Church. So to both of you, thanks for joining us. And I want to start with kind of this insight. I think when people when people think about poverty, world poverty, I don't think most people think about America, right? I don't think we don't see starvation in America. We don't see, you know, moving commercials about people in poverty in America for the most part. We're usually talking about people in other parts of the world. So Dave, let's start with you. Uh, I know that this was kind of a big a big impetus behind your organization. So uh, what would you speak to this? Well, you know, that's a really great point and thanks for having me here today and you know, what I would really say is that you know, you are right. Poverty looks a lot different in the United States than it does, say, with South Sudanese refugees, you know, on the on the border of Uganda in a refugee settlement. But, you know, when you look at how things are going in the United States and you look at that we have an economy that's essentially at full employment, we've got the lowest unemployment rate in over 50 years. It really does beg the question, why are people even hungry in America? Why is there poverty? And I think really on the most simple level, it really comes down to the cost of living is the, the true issue. Hmm. Whether we look at, you know, apartment rents, you know, that have increased 30% in the last 15 years, uh, healthcare costs, you know, for some, their health insurance premiums have gone up by several hundred percent in the last 15 years, hmm. education, tuition, student loans, and then food prices, you know, for me, that comes close to home where food prices in the last, say, 50 years have just gone up by thousands of percent in mm. some categories. Um, and all that would maybe be okay, except for, because I mean, because it does indicate a strong economy. But the trouble is that in the last 15 years, household income has only gone up by 4.8%. Mm. So when you look at all of the fundamental essentials of human need going up, at the percentage growth that they have over the last 15, 20 years during the same time of household income staying almost flat, really what it means is there's more people today struggling with poverty in the United States than there was really five years ago. There's more people paycheck to paycheck than ever before. And if anything goes wrong in somebody's life, it means that they don't, they're not sure how they're going to feed their family. And so I think that's the, that's the real issue we face as an organization around hunger here in the U.S. is how do we address the cost of living to get the the essentials of life more affordable for families again. Yeah, and I, in at the end of this uh, episode, Dave, I want you to share a little bit, kind of specific about specifically about your strategy at feeding children everywhere. I, I think it's a great strategy, and I want you to share that at the end. But you 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 touched on already. Anyone who's looking at this online, um, the, you know, the five kind of main points that we have here. You've touched on so many of them already. But I think it's interesting that the first one on the list is poor economy. So, Dave, you're saying that it's not just poor economy because currently we're not in it. We're in a booming economy, but there's a kind of a right. separation, right? But maybe the rich are getting richer. And uh, maybe the are you seeing something happen with the maybe the middle class or the lower middle class even? Yeah, I would say it's getting harder and harder for the middle class, right? So mm -hmm. there's this, you know, idealistic 
you know, standard of living in the United States that has come to define almost in a way what it means to be American in some respect. And that middle class is really getting harder and harder and harder for that to provide that standard of living. And, and you are right. So, you know, in a, in a time where the economy is really bad, it, it creates a lot of emergency food assistance needs, right, mm-hmm. where there are a lot of people who didn't need help before and now they do need help because of job loss and companies closing, that type of thing. Uh, in the economy that we're in right now, with things as great as they've been for the number of years that they have been, it's creating a different problem. It's actually creating more chronic hunger, where there are so many families that we talk to that are fully employed, that have good jobs, that are doing everything they can, trying to make the right decisions. But three or four days a month or five days a month, they're really not sure how they're going to feed their kids. And there's not really a safety net for that. There's not, you know, the, the, the assistance programs were designed more for supplemental things or emergency things and for significantly lower income levels. But, you know, I've, I've met people as I've traveled around the country that would certainly categorize them as, as middle class and sometimes even upper middle class mm-hmm. in, in really expensive urban areas where they're still not sure how they're going to pay their bills. And so I think that's a that's a new problem that we've created even within uh, this booming economy. Hmm. Let me, let me, re- yeah, that's really, a, that's a great insight. I, I think that, you know, for me, when Dave, when I first met you, you started sharing some of these statistics and I've never even thought about this problem in, in these terms. And Melanie, for you, you know, you're sort of the boots on the ground. You, you run a, a the outreach for a large church. And f- what are you noticing? I, I think when, when we look at these kind of key areas, poor economy, lack of affordable housing, Substance abuse, we haven't talked about that yet. Lack of education and medical expenses. What is there something, is there a theme that you're noticing with the, with the people that you, outre- you do outreach to? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with what Dave just said. It's interesting in this economy to see that there's still um, so many struggling and, and almost more so because the cost of living is just going up so much. Mm. Um, affordable housing is a huge thing, I think, right now. And so we work with low-income housing um, communities, and we're just seeing that within those communities, um, you know, they have jobs. I met a mom who has – she has a full-time job, and then she works an evening job as well. She's a single mom. She's got two kids, and she cannot scrape by. She's working two jobs, and she can't make ends meet. She still needs extra help, and um, I think people – uh, it's just harder to afford everyday things when when things are going so well, so cost of living is going up so quickly. So she can't move out of the um, low-income housing. She can't um, get ahead because the, the economy is moving on too quickly without her, basically. Hmm. And is, so would you say that lack of education fits into that? I know that some of the statistics with people who don't have, you know, more than – I know in the article, I, I think it said the average – Sal, you know, annual salary for someone with a with a, only a high school diploma is twenty eight thousand. Now maybe that number's gone up a little bit. I don't know, but that's that's you know, for a family of four, that's just that's right around poverty line, right? Are you noticing yeah. those kinds of things? Single moms that don't really maybe don't have that education, or they you know, uh, definitely. So their qualifications yeah. maybe keep, hold them back a little bit. Yes, and trying to get the education while you're also trying to provide for your needs is so challenging as well. I know a lot of people who are, you know, have started a school program, but they're also trying to work full time. And then if they have a kid or get married in the mix, there's just a lot of other things pulling at them and getting through a degree is really challenging with all those other things pulling at you. 
Um, and so often along the way, they slow down or have to stop for a while. And, and in the meantime, they've accrued some sort of school debt. So they're paying on school debt on top of everything else mm. while trying to get through the degree while not making enough money. So it really does make it extremely challenging, if you, especially if you're trying to break out of a cycle of poverty that you grew up in as well. Because if you um, didn't come from a family who could afford to just send you to a four-year college, you know, you're trying to break out of a cycle, but you're kind of stuck in those patterns while you're trying to break out of it. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And then your kids maybe as well, as a result, um, you know, might be sort of sucked into that same cycle, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. One of my kids' best buddies from school is kind of stuck in this way. Like his, his single parent doesn't have time to invest in his you know, like evening homework because they are pulled in so many directions. And so he's getting less attention um, just because his his parent is trying to keep up with everything else. And so, you know, his education is going to suffer a little bit because of that too. And it, it definitely creates a cycle. It definitely does. Yeah. And one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is we want to bring awareness to our listeners because again, just like, just like me, I, when I think, guys, when I think about poverty, Dave, maybe you can speak to this in particular homelessness, but just poverty in general, I typically think about, okay, substance abuse, maybe maybe mental illness, and maybe I would throw in there, uh, you know, medical expenses that, that someone couldn't handle, right? But we're mm-hmm, talking right. about, I mean, certainly that's, that is a big part, certainly of homelessness, I think that that's a big part of that. But, but poverty in general, Dave, what you're saying is it is more pervasive than that, even in America. Right. Yeah. So a little bit of data on that, you know, if you're on any given night, there's somewhere around 450,000 people who are homeless in the United States, which is a lot of people. Uh, But when you compare that to say, you know, for us, we look at 200% of the poverty level. And when you look at 200% of the poverty level, uh, as far as a number of our population who live below 200% of the poverty level for a family of four, it's almost 180 million people. And so, you know, it gives you sort of a scary reality of, of how many people on any given day in America could potentially need help. And of course, in that number is children and adults and, and seniors and, uh, you know, a, a wide range of people all across the U.S. And in some of our cities, you know, say one of my favorite cities in America, San Francisco, you know, really great place, but the average one-bedroom apartment now rents for $45,000 a year. So, if, mm-hmm. if we look at just the, the regular poverty level, you know, federal poverty level is like $26,000 a year. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't even, you'd, you'd barely be able to pay a little more than half of what it costs to rent a one bedroom. So we, we look at twice the double the poverty level is kind of our rule of thumb. And uh, when you look at the staggering percentage of America that lives below that level, uh, it gives you an indicator that there's a lot more people out there who are going to need help. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a chronic situation. That's the difference with homelessness. It may be an issue where somebody's been homeless for seven years. Uh, typically, what we see of people who are below 200 percent of the poverty level is they might be fine one month uh, on their own. And then the next month, maybe they need a week of help with their groceries. And uh, there's, you know, there's varying degrees of, of how much difficulty people are having managing their situation. But housing is, is, of course, critical there. But, you know, when you talk about substance abuse, it's sort of on the other end of the bell curve for us, where we, we consider homelessness on one end and substance abuse on the other end of the bell curve. But um, substance abuse can affect anybody. It can affect somebody who is making a million dollars a year or someone who 
their substance abuse has been so bad that they've been on the streets for seven years. And so uh, me personally, uh, I can absolutely identify with that. My, my grandfather uh, actually was homeless in the streets of San Francisco, had a substance abuse problem and uh, was really you know, affected by that pretty much almost his entire adult life. And so it's a very real thing for me. And you know, I have a lot of compassion for that and in and, and direct, you know, relation to that. And uh, it's a big thing that we've got to do better to try to solve in America. And certainly one of the components that affects poverty. Yeah. And Melanie, uh, you, maybe you can speak to this because I, I know some people might, I'm going to just be honest here, that that sometimes I could be driving through a part of town, right, and see some of the homeless people <laughs> walk into the shelter and it's, I think it's easy to get kind of a, maybe a little bit of a judgmental attitude, um, especially if you're mm-hmm. not very informed, that you think it's because of their poor choices, right? That they're, so we, I think we could lose, and I want you to speak to this as for followers of Jesus, for Christians, it's easy for us to lose compassion because we, mm-hmm. because we, f- we feel like, well, they brought it on themselves, right? And do you notice that? I mean, I I know probably the people on your teams, the people who are serving, they're compassionate people, but you know, your church is a a large church. We also, it's interesting, people who work regularly with um, people of this population, especially homeless and those who struggle with um, mental illness and substance abuse in their homelessness, there's something called um, compassion fatigue. (laughs) So kind of what you're saying there, Mm. Brian, like we can, we can hit a point where we think, I'm starting to become bitter rather than feeling those feelings of compassion. But, you know, it's interesting to think about when Jesus was saying we need to forgive someone 70 times seven, Mm -hmm. and that's the way that God forgives us. We kind of need to remember we are um, addicts of something. Like we are all addicted to some form of, um, you know, uh, social media or um, trying to build up our own uh, self-esteem through, um, you know, shopping, or um, maybe it's the way that we try to present ourselves in a boardroom or something, but we're trying to um, gain approval or fill a void in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, and thankfully, some of us haven't had to turn to drugs for that. But I think remembering that God is so patient and so gracious with us over and over again with whatever it are, whatever our hangup is, um, we need to just continually ask God to give us that patience and that grace with those in our lives who might continually go to um, places that aren't healthy for them. Um, but it is hard. I mean, substance abuse is, is hard to understand when you haven't struggled with it. But I think also with the um, opioid, uh, what we would say an opioid epidemic or whatever we're calling it now in the U.S., I think more and more everyday people are experiencing this. It's a lot more, um, you know, grandmas and mothers and people who you wouldn't have expected are starting to become uh, addicted. And so I think substance abuse in general is becoming a little bit more um, everywhere, not just, ju- not just affecting mental illness and homeless people. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to have a space of compassion regardless of who it is, because um, Jesus is constantly compassionate with us, you know? Yeah, that's so good. Uh, yeah, so let's talk yeah. a little bit about what we can do about it. You know, John 9, uh, verses 1 through 3, this is interesting. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man born blind from birth. And the disciples said, Rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Which I think you can kind of maybe relate poverty to this, right? Is it is it this yeah. this guy's fault or is it is it a cycle of poverty, right? 
Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus' response, I think, is interesting, and I think we can apply this to, to today's topic. He, Jesus said it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. In, the, in other words, let's not worry about pointing fingers and assigning blame. Jesus said this, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And I like that, that Jesus is saying, you know, this, this unfortunate thing in this man's life, in his case, blindness, that God, God can show his power through this unfortunate thing. And I think that applies to poverty as well, that poverty in our, in our country, in our, in our neighborhoods, in our, in our towns, our cities, our states, that followers of Jesus should have an answer to this. And Dave, I know for you, that's why you started feeding children everywhere. So why don't you take a minute to specifically answer the question, what can Christians, you know, families and Christians who are listening to this podcast, what can they do to be activated and how, how does that relate to feeding children everywhere? Yeah, well, I think, the, you know, first and foremost is we can help, right? Um, there are people all around us who need help, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the mom of a, of a, a parent, you know, the parent of a child in, in, you know, my child's elementary school, right, mm. or, or, or middle school, that they're going through a difficult time. And sometimes it could just be as simple as preparing a meal and going over and taking a meal to them. Yeah. Uh, that's something my, my wife loves to do, right? Um, feeding children everywhere. We're, you know, of course, we're an organization that fights hunger all over the world, but the real heroes are the individuals, right? Whether they go volunteer at an organization in their community, whether they volunteer with feeding children everywhere, host projects, um, or do similar things to what my wife does, where she'll just prepare a meal and take it to somebody that she knows uh, is in need of some help right now. And I think, you know, God puts opportunities in front of us constantly uh, that give us a chance to do, I mean, that's a great verse that you just quoted there. I had, I'd never seen that that way before and just kind of opened my eyes even just now, but uh, God, God does shine through those opportunities, right? I mean, there's those opportunities in front of us all the time where we have a chance to fight for justice, where we have a chance to uh, demonstrate compassion, where we can share love with someone who needs love. And uh, we get a chance in what we do, we get the chance to do that through food, which is near and dear to my heart. So I think all around us, God will give us those opportunities and, and it's up to us then to be faithful. Uh, don't listen to the voice that says, uh, no, don't worry about it, or no, you're too busy, or uh, no, they, they, they really don't need the help. And instead, listen to God's voice, listen to the voice of truth, and, and go help that person who is needing help, whether it's for a day or a week or a volunteer project that you work on for a year. Uh, respond. Be faithful and respond to that call. Yeah, that's good. Melanie, what would you say to the, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are church attenders, and I think it's easy to get in the rut, right, as a Christian, yeah. that your Christian life boils down to showing up on Sunday, checking off the box, you know, maybe maybe doing a, a Bible study midweek, but so many Christians, even in your own church, uh, just kind of are on the sidelines. What would you speak, what would you speak to that person? What would you add to what Dave said? Yeah, I think God really calls us to care for the poor and the least of these. I mean, there are so many verses throughout Scripture that talk about that and talk about, um, you know, in the Old Testament, God talks about his anger toward Israel when they didn't care about those who were poor among them. And um, then, of course, in the New Testament, that's how Jesus lived his life. It's just so evident in his whole ministry. So I think when we're caught up in our own, you know, suburban lives Mm -hmm. and we kind of lose sight of that, I think we are neglecting a huge part of what God calls us to. So 
I would say definitely what Dave was saying, um, take advantages that God places in your life because when you are a friend of someone who's suffering, you have a better chance of mm. um, providing what they need so that they don't fall into a you know severe crisis. Mm-hmm. It's actually like friends who pull people out of severe crises more often than an organization could step in. So if you're a friend of someone who's mm. about to go through a really difficult time, you could be the person that you know saves them from losing their house or whatever it is if you help provide that just comfort and friendship along the way. Um, so definitely take those opportunities, but then also volunteer somewhere. There are so many great places that are doing amazing things, and God calls us to care. And so if your life is too busy for you to volunteer, cut something out of it so you can volunteer, because I think it's that important. So find a way that you can serve people who are different than you, people who are struggling, and um, make it a priority, I would say. If you're a follower of Jesus, you just have to make it a priority. Yeah, that's good. And and I want to actually, that that's a good segue into this last thing, Dave. I want you to share a little bit about kind of your strategy at Feeding Children Everywhere, because I was unaware of this. And so even, even if those of you listening to this podcast, maybe you're in a place where you could use a little bit of help, or you have a friend who could use a little help. I think there's a really interesting uh, piece of information that Dave can share. Dave, t- t- tell tell us a little bit about your strategy at Feeding Children Everywhere and how uh, people can even not just be activated to help package some of these meals, but I think there's this all this other program that you guys started that's really cool. Right. Yeah. So we you know, we learned a lot over distributing you know tens of millions of meals around the United States over the course of about ten years and. We really kind of over time realized that maybe we had it wrong. We were trying to solve the problem the wrong way. And ultimately, it came down to just sitting in people's living rooms that we had served and and talking to them on the phones and really learning more. And and it really boiled down to the kinds of bullet points that we talked about here where there's just such a cost of living issue in the United States. And it wasn't necessarily that hardworking families were saying like, hey, I need, you know, somebody to give me something for free. They really didn't want that. They just wanted to be able to afford the things they need. And so we, in September of last year, we launched a new program called Full Cart, like a full full shopping cart. It's just F-U-L-L-C-A-R-T dot org, where we help people to be able to get the groceries they need for pennies on the dollar. And so it's actually the groceries themselves don't cost anything. You simply pay the shipping cost, and we deliver those in all 50 states. We ship probably our family box is our most popular item. We have a, a huge box of food that I think it has 30-something different grocery items in it that range from meal kits to popular grocery items and perfect for individuals and families that are just looking for a way to extend their grocery budget where maybe, you know, even if they're on SNAP benefits, the old food stamp program, that, that lasts them part of the month and their grocery budget lasts them part of the month. But month in, month out, they keep coming up short and finding out like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids these three days, or I'm not sure I'm going to feed my kids over the weekend. This just gives them an option to extend their grocery budget where they can take for a very small amount of money, the shipping cost, they can pay that and they can get a huge box of food that that could last some families, you know, two weeks uh, to really help them get through difficult times. They can use it to save onto it, even some of it for the next month if they need to, to help them get by. It's all shelf-stable food. So it just changes the dynamic in the United States where even if you don't you know, qualify for food assistance through traditional means, 
this is something that if you are finding yourself in a situation because of housing costs and healthcare and student loans, you're just having a difficult time getting by and feeding your, your kids, feeding your family. This gives you an option for pennies on the dollar of what you would normally pay in a grocery store to be able to get a really great box of food and have the food that you need to feed your family. So Dave, who qualifies for that? Is there a vetting process or can anyone go to fullcart.org and, and get a box? And so anybody can go there. Anybody can go to fullcart.org. We do ask income information because we kind of like tracking that and understanding sort of like who we're serving. But sure. with, with this program, because you do have to pay uh, a little bit of money, the, the difference with this is it's not the same as free food assistance where you have to really be careful and make sure that people aren't taking advantage of it. For this program, like we even see, you know, hey, there could be somebody, a, a single mother in San Francisco who – makes $60,000 a year and still mm. can't afford a one bedroom apartment. Right. And she needs to, she needs to be able to feed her kids. And so it's a lot less about like qualifying that way versus we we're trying to solve a different challenge. We're trying to solve the cost of living issue. And so we recognize that there's people from all walks of life that need help like this in, in different occasions. And so in, in because they have to pay some money, uh, we're not really worried about somebody taking advantage of it. We know that if you're if you're going to pay a little bit of money, you weren't looking for something that's maybe say a freebie. Uh, you're looking for something that's just going to help you uh, to be able to feed your family. And so it's a totally different way of looking at how we how we fight hunger here in America. But it's more of an empowerment program. Uh, it's designed to help people just get a great deal for their families and to be able to provide for their families. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant solution. I think I, I just when you first shared this with me, Dave, I, that's when I knew I wanted you on this podcast because I think it's a great creative solution to a unique, uh, new, kind of a newer, I think a newer twist on a on a problem in America, right? As just with everything that you've shared about the statistics, and I, I think in America in particular, probably there are some families that are listening to this, or maybe those of you listening to this, maybe you share this podcast with someone that could benefit from. Uh, learning about fullcart.org. I think it's I think it's a great program. I think it's been successful since September. Is that right, Dave? It, it has. Yeah, we've um, we've experienced a lot of growth with it so far just this year. So January, February, and part of March, we've shipped around twenty five thousand packages of groceries around the United States. Okay, well that's great. It's uh, fullcart.org if you want to check that out. Dave, Melanie, thanks for joining us today and for. Listeners out there, if you want to talk more about this particular topic, Causes of Poverty in America, you can go over to PursueGod.org. Just search for Poverty. You'll find this podcast along with a short video and some discussion questions to bring awareness to your small group, to your family, or just to the person that you're discipling in your life.